Hello, and welcome to the 12 Days of Tomfoolery, Part 7. Say hi to the people, Hi. Love it. So, yeah, Part 7. The Seventh House is ruled by Libra. It is also the first house that moves into more outward-facing energies, as opposed to the first six houses are all about us, how we relate to self and world. Um, the last six houses are about what we do onto the community, how we more outward facing energy, less about us, more about our connections to others and outward facing things. So ruled by Libra, it is the house of traditional house of marriage, um, or more, more so signing a contract on something. It is also legal contracts. Um, very close friendships are in there too, basically one-on-one, uh, relationships, It is also because relationships can go one of two ways, the house of our hidden enemies as well. Um, Mm. But yeah, it's the house of the house of relationship and signing the legal contract on those kind of things as well. So Tiffany, what are you going to start us off with? Have you heard of Belsnickel? I have (laughs) heard of Belsnickel. Yes, I have. But have you heard of it for your own reasons or because of that episode of The Office? <laughs> both, 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 both. I've heard of it. Uh, well, not my own reasons as in like, I'm a Belschnickel head or like <laughs> I, my, my family, my family does it. Not, not for that. But yes, definitely because of, um, because of The Office episode. Um, but also I've had Dwight conversations so with, that Dwight is so funny. Um, but I've had conversations with, with friends about it and. I have a friend that has has direct access to some um, has dealt with people that have had actual Belschnickel uh, family raisings from Germany. So that's that's the uh, extent of my Belschnickel knowledge. Um, but I've seen every episode of The Office bare minimum twenty times. I used to for years on end. Uh, I used to fall asleep to it in the background. So I've seen them all a okay. bajillion times. Love it. Well, I will it's, bring that up later when I go over this article from Pin Live. Um, yes. And it says, what is Belsnickel and why is it a part of Pennsylvania Dutch Christmas? Well, let's find out right now. Let's the Belsnickel yeah. is a loud, cantankerous guy dressed in furs and carrying a bundle of birch switches who visits ch- children in the weeks before Christmas, asking whether they've been naughty or nice in the preceding year. <laughs> It's so fucking funny. He's a creature of folklore from the Palatinite region of southwestern Germany, brought to America by German immigrants who became known as the Pennsylvania Dutch. The figure has persisted in the Pennsylvania Dutch regions of the U.S. and spread a bit into wider culture, particularly with organizations celebrating the rural lifestyle at Christmas time. The Bell Snickle originated. The rural lifestyle. Rural Living Magazine. Amazing. I guess. <laughs> the Belsnickel originated in various companions and servants of St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, in the folklore of German-speaking Europe. Among them is Necht Ruprecht. I, if I said that wrong, probably. Sorry. He's also known as Chris Kringle, Belsnickel, Pelsnickel, and sometimes as Christmas Woman. Christmas Woman? Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know. I just came out of nowhere. That's out of left field. Okay. So some see the Belsnickel as an amalgamation of the forgiving, gift-giving St. Nicholas and Krampus, 
a horned half goat, half demon who during the Christmas season punishes children who have misbehaved. We already talked about Krampus. They're dragging him a little bit, but okay. That is also very Libra, like bringing together the two energies to make one. I love it. The love child over Kringle and Krampus. uh, Krampus slander. Go back to Belsnickel. The name Belsnickel is a compilation of the German word bells, which translates into fur, and nickel, which refers to St. Nicholas. He dresses in torn and tattered dirty clothes, topped with a cloak of assorted furs, sometimes adorned with bits of foliage, deer antlers, and other natural decorations. Atop a head, framed by long, tangled hair and a scraggly beard, he wears a cap of furs and more deer antlers, and often wears a scary mask. Unlike his predecessors, Bell Snickle does not make the rounds with Santa. Instead, he visits the homes of children throughout the community on his own. <laughs> First hint I like of, it, an independent man. Just doing his own thing. First hint yeah. of his approach is the tapping on the outside of the windows by the switches carried by the Bell Snickle as he slips through the darkness just outside the house. Then suddenly the doors burst open and he rushes into the house instantly menacing the children with his gravelly voice <laughs> and jerky movements and probing questions. He quizzes, yeah. <laughs> he quizzes the children on their relative naughty or niceness. Have they been nice towards their brother and sister? Have they done their chores without complaint? Have they been respectful of their elders? Have they cleaned their rooms? What was something else they did nice? Whatever. The children who can't attest to their niceness are worried with the threat of a SWAT or two, with the bundle of birch switches <laughs> that Belsnickel carries in one hand. On the other hand, those who felt confident in recounting their good acts could expect some treats from the bag Belsnickel clutched in his other hand. Those treats generally included small cakes, candies, and nuts. In their book, Christmas in Pennsylvania, a folk cultural study, Alfred Shoemaker and Don Yoder describe a visit from the Belsnickel. The annual visitor would make his appearance some hours after dark, thoroughly disguised, especially in the face, which would sometimes be covered with a hideously ugly fizz, generally worn, uh, generally wore a female garb, hence the name Christmas woman. Sometimes it would come, or sometimes it would be a veritable woman, but with masculine force and action. He or she would be equipped with an ample sack about the shoulders filled with cakes, nuts, and fruits, and long hazel switch, which was supposed to have some kind of charm in it as well as a sting. Uh, oh my one, god! I know. One would scatter the goodies upon the floor and then scram- the scramble would begin by the delighted children. And the other hand would ply the switch upon the backs of the excited dancers who would not show a wince, but it had been parental discipline there would have been screams to reach a long distance. Okay. Anyway, so back to the office. The Bellsnickel, actually character Dwight Schrute dressed as the Bellsnickel, made an appearance in the long-running workplace comedy, The Office, which we already said. It's episode nine of season nine, and it's titled Dwight Christmas, which aired in 2012. Dwight included the Bellsnickel in Pennsylvania Dust-themed party he planned, but never pulled off for The Office. Oh. Some Pennsylvania oh. microbreweries have adopted the Bell Snickle as a name for a Christmas beer. Stouts, uh, and that spells S-T-O-U-D-T-S, if you want to look them up. Stouts Brewing Company in Adamstown has its brewer reserve Bell Snickle Lager, while Otto's Pub and Brewery in State College brews a Bell Snickle Ale. 
And then in a book by John Neal, it appears to have borrowed a variation of the name. He said Bell Snickle in the Scally Wagons of Oz, which is a book he wrote illustrating the Oz series in 1941. And it is giving major Dr. Seuss vibes on this picture. The antagonist for the 35th book in the Oz series, which grew from the original works by L. Frank Baum, is named Bell Snickle. Neil described the character as a large bluish green object, flat as buckwheat cake, rolling along its edge like a cartwheel and is wearing bells on its ears. <laughs> okay. The, okay. The Bell Snickle is part of one of the annual Pennsylvania Dutch Christmas program, Christmas on the Farm, and the Christmas German Cultural Heritage Center at Kutztown University in Berks County. And they have some links to different stuff for that. But... Uh, that's the Bellsnickel. I just wanted to do it from the POV of the Pennsylvania Dutch because they're adorable and I love them. That is so amazing. And I don't think I realized that like, I knew it was a real thing that like took place in Germany, but I didn't know that like it actually was done in like the Pennsylvania Dutch country, like from where Dwight's from. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's why I ended up also, picking that article instead. Cause I was like, Oh, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, and Rain Wilson, I mean... I love him so he's much. He's such a... Yeah, he's so amazing. And, you know, Dwight... I just love that he commits so deeply to the absurdity of the character of Dwight and takes it so seriously. Like, that's what that's what makes it so fucking funny. But also that episode, I forgot it was in season nine. And mm-hmm. season eight... Did you watch The Office or no? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen all eight of Eight and nine are like... Eight and nine are pretty pretty rough but they've got a couple there's in each of those seasons and like i love robert california whatever is yes whatever is the <laughs> oh like i God. love him i'm the fucking lizard king or whatever he says that whole he's amazing is out of 10 amazing yeah he's he's unhinged and, and phenomenal but like besides him and then the, like that belschnickel episode and there's like a couple there's a couple like really funny ones but it goes a little off, off the rails i think um but i'm glad that dwight and the belschnickel can can add the some light to those seasons. Well, if anyone wants to relive that magic, it is episode nine of season nine and it's called a Dwight Christmas. So there you go. I want to relive it. I might, honestly, I might watch it tonight and just laugh. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's so good. It's so funny. I love it. And like, he does that in the, the, I'm just dying about when he's like, you know, hit them with the switch. It's just so funny. Does he like hit Jim like three times? Like, I on think the face? he did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Oh my god, it is so funny. I love it. Okay, well, um, yeah, so funny. So continuing in the theme of um, televised things, I was going to quickly touch upon um, the movie The Grinch and kind of the whole story of The Grinch, but. Uh, Tiffany's going to go into that a little bit deeper in another episode. I, I just wanted to put this little um, fact out there that Seuss uh, actually, when he was asked who the Grinch was, he was like, it was me. I was being a Christmas Grinch. And I looked at myself in the mirror and was like, I need to stop this. Like, why am I being such a Grinch? Um, so like hidden, hidden enemies since like uh, the Grinch was kind of the hidden enemy of <clears throat> Santa. But as I said, you're going to get into that in a later episode. So what I am really going to focus on as far as our relationship theme is Hallmark movies. Uh, are you a Hallmark movie watcher, Tiffany? Uh, I can't really say that I watch any of them really. Uh, but if there's something uh, yeah. that looks extra cringy, I'll click on it. Yeah. 
but I don't seek them okay, out. So I have I, my core Christmas movies I watch. I, I'm not even like a big Christmas movie person in general, but um, Hallmark movies are like 100% not my thing. Like I know right. like people love them, but like I just, I think they're so stupid. I like, I can't get into it. But my best friend, Jamie, absolutely adores them. Like she love, love, loves them. So one year, like, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, I think we were just hung over, like laying on our couch on a Sunday and mm-hmm. around Christmas. And we just watched like back to back to back to back to back. And it is so funny because they really are. It is such a like cut, copy, paste. It's the same right. exact. Same formula every time. Tropes, themes every single time. And um, we we noticed that every, on the second hour, like if it started at noon at 1.58 PM, it's always on the second hour at the 58 that's when the kiss happens every so we'd like look at the really? clock and be like it's coming it's coming yeah and the clock would hit 58 we'd be like here's the kiss boom and there there was the kiss um so the hallmark movies if you're not familiar are uh from the hallmark channel they are and like kind of lifetime follows the same right script a lot of like oxygen like they all kind of do the same shtick now uh they're two hour movies they're always about like a holiday romance they're pretty ridiculous in in the romantic uh plot of them they almost always involve like either a very high-powered like woman business executive right going back to her home her hometown and meeting like a really good blue collar dude and like leaving her big city life coming back there's always like some drama this that or the next thing um and actually, just to add on to the Jamie thing, so uh, Jamie's sister moved to this town, Madison, that has the big town Christmas tree lighting, which is also something that pops up in them mm-hmm. all the time. And um, there's like this little toy store um, on the main street. And this is when Jamie and I were both like trying to date on Tinder. And she was like, <laughs> I think I just swiped. I think I just swiped right on the owner of like, it was called Toys on Main. Because there's a picture of him. He's like, I'm the manager of the toy shop. And I was like, oh, my God. You have to match with him. You'll have your Hallmark Christmas yeah, movie. literally. You have I'm to match with him. I'm just so in town visiting family. And you're like, oh, yeah, my, my yeah, wife died 10 years ago. And I've just been running the exactly, toy exactly. I love kids. Exactly. 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 So she swiped right at him. And he never responded. He came up on my Tinder. I swiped right at him. He never responded. We were like, what? You got to like one of us. Like, come on. Come on. We're like, okay, looking girls. Like, we're smart. We're funny. We're nice. But we I would have gone to the. I would have gone to the store and been like, "What's your problem, man? What's what's can't up? Sweat, dude? He can't sweat right on me. What's the deal?" Yeah, he was. He was hot though. He was like from a Hallmark movie. He was like a really good looking dude. But anyway, so this became like this whole joke. And then I'm actually like reticent to say this because I know she's <laughs> going to get on my case about it yet again. But I was like, you know, in typical ADHD fashion, I got these like big ideas in my head, and then failed to completely follow through but i was like okay right now like just like you're saying i was like i can build the whole script for this hallmark movie right now like you're here and then i was going to be in it i was going to be like the sassy bar owner because there's always Mm. the you know the sassy friend so that was gonna be me and i was gonna be like girl you gotta go to that toy store and tell him you know you want a teddy bear and you can be his all that kind of shit whatever um and that was gonna end uh, at like the Christmas tree lighting, which yes. we went to in Madison, the whole plot, I like slapped it together in 30 minutes. And then I did start to write it and I got 40 pages written, like, you know, hyper-focusing oh in like one God. night, in, like five hours, <laughs> like 40 pages of a full Hallmark movie script. 
It was so fucking good, but I never finished it. I'll just see if it's on my old computer. But she's still like, I want the script. I want the script. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. It was going to be a Christmas present. I didn't finish it. But the first 40 pages are really funny. Um, but anyway, I found these um, little Hallmark movie bingos, which Ooh. if anyone is a Hallmark movie fan, there's a ton of these online. Um, and you can get them and play like a drinking game with them or just whatever. It's just, it's very funny. So I just wanted to read one bingo card um, because it does, as I said, there's tons of them. We'll just go through one. And yeah, this is in like every single one of them. So someone else has a crush on the love interest. Yep. Almost always happens. A crisis at work. Yep. Eggnog. Yep. You gotta have eggnog, right? Mm -hmm. Romance. Mm -hmm. An actor from a TV series. And also, in the Hallmark movies, it's the same, like, four actors in all of them. Did you know that? What do you mean? Like, literally the same actors it's the every same, time? So, yep. So there's, oh. like, a core – there's, like, a core cast of, like, four or five people – four mm. women, five men. And it's, like, a um, – like, they, like, swap out. Oh, okay. Which ones. Yeah, but I haven't really seen is, enough like almost to like a, realize that. Yeah. No, I didn't know it either. And when I was watching with her, I was like, why are they the same actors? And she was like, Conley, that's like the whole thing. I was like, okay, well, I don't watch them. I, I didn't but know. I know, <laughs> I know. I don't know if the actors have changed since that couple of years ago. But when I was watching it, it was um, the actress, uh, the girl who played Winnie Cooper from The Wonder Years Stop. was one of them. And crazy. Yeah. And uh, DJ Tanner from Full House, Candace Cameron. Those oh, were yeah. two like main girls. Yep. And I don't know who the dudes are, but yeah, it's the same people over and over again. Um, kids that need help with something. Yes. Always in there. A family heirloom for sure. We got to get grandma's uh, brooch from 1822 and that will increase our love. Shopping for a Christmas tree. Yep. A tree lighting in the times in the town square. Gotta have it. Gotta, gotta have it. A concerned parent or a grandparent, a big city boyfriend slash a big city single independent woman talking about someone who is dead. Yeah. That comes mm-hmm. up a lot too. Mm-hmm. Mistletoe, a sentimental gift, main character welcomed home by an old acquaintance. Mm-hmm. Strolling through the town. Love interest is a widow for a while. I read that they always started with somebody dying. That was like, like 10 years ago. That was like part of the main thing. Somebody always did uh, a Christmas party. Someone reveals their dream job. It's mm-hmm. mm. a big one too. I've always wanted to a visit to cakes. a cough. <laughs> yes, absolutely, big time. And a lot of them are like, "Yeah, I'm a high-powered stockbroker from New York City," and then she falls in love with like you know Jason McNinney or whatever, and he's like, "Well, I own a small bakery," and then she like gets, you know, I forgot that I have a passion for baking, and then it, they end up. Guess what, Jason? Your bakery is going out of business. Well, I'm a high-powered stockbroker from New York, and I have so much money. I'm going to buy your bakery. Move here with you and we're going to cook cookies for the rest of our life and kiss and it's going to be an amazing ending that's the kind of shit they do all the time um not that i'm trying to hate on you anyone re-upping their passion on making cookies yes please uh children in christmas costumes yep oh right next to it baked goods baked goods Mm -hmm. telling a story about childhood love interest kiss always at the 58 uh, driving down snowy roads. And as I said, there's like 800 of these. It's all kind of the same, you know, it's the same work. Yeah. Same framework. Yeah. But um, they are, it's not my thing, but they are a cute tradition. I have a couple of friends that like will sit down and like watch them with their moms. and It becomes like a holiday tradition. Yeah, that's cute. So 
Yeah, and they always end up married. So very seventh house. It's there's never any tomfoolery at the end of a at the end of a Hallmark movie. It's not like, well, maybe he'll call me. No, it's like, let's get married. And she's like, yes, it's amazing. Let's get married. It's always very, you know, cut and dry. Ten of cups ending. Yeah, they're always getting married. They're always sailing off into the sunset. So Hallmark movies. So perfect time to segue into. Christmas cookies. Um, I know I yes. briefly, briefly mentioned my love of Christmas cookies and German cookies. So I'm going to read a little article and then we're going to talk about some of my favorite German cookies. And I'm going to tell you a oh, story. This is really bad timing. I am starving. Well, <laughs> so you're going to have to suffer through. Here's a short I history am. of Christmas cookies. So When we think about the cookies of Christmas past, we often think about our own past. Some of us have happy memories of freshly baked sugar cookies with red and green frosting and lots of sprinkles. For other, it might be Russian tea cookies, one of my personal favorites, or brownies, or even baklava, depending on how cookies were defined in our homes. On Christmas Eve- I fucking love baklava, dude. Oh, God, yes. So good. So good. On Christmas Eve, in a house with small children, you'll likely see cookies left out for Santa- Cookies are an ancient treat, but the cookies of today have little in common with their distant ancestors. The very first cookies were neither soft nor sweet. In fact, they were popular precisely because they were hard and lasted for weeks without spoiling. So called biscuits. They would have existed for as long as baking is documented, but we're usually not sweet enough to be considered cookies by modern standards. So the closest thing to a modern cookie first appeared in the late 14th century when one could buy little filled wafers on the streets of Paris. Renaissance cookbooks were rich in cookie recipes and by the 17th century, cookies were commonplace. So, the first Christmas cookies. Those who would like to take credit for the invention of the Christmas cookie would have to arm wrestle the Germans for it because they believe that (laughs) why not splachsen? (laughs) A term that refers to specifically to cookies and broadly to holiday treats encompasses the origin of Christmas baking. But when I tell you they are elite, I'm saying, okay, (laughs) elite. I can hear the joy and like uh, awe in your voice. I know you have reverence for these German I stand behind these and I have evidence and stories. So I will not be kicked (laughs) off my soapbox. You're going to have to fight me off this thing. The tradition? I know you don't want this. I'm very passionate about it. The tradition goes back to the (laughs) monasteries of the Middle Ages, where monks had access to sugar and spices we now associate with the Christmas cookies. So, cinnamon, cloves, ginger, cardamom. It's interesting that the word cookie comes from the Dutch word koopje, because the Dutch brought the first Christmas cookies to the New World in the 1600s. Sorry, to the New World in the 1600s. 400 years later, we live in a country that can't imagine Christmas without cookies. In fact, cookies may have been become popular at this time of year because, unlike pies and cakes, they can be stored for longer periods of time. Before refrigeration, it was possible for cookies to be baked in advance and kept on hand for visitors or given away as gifts. Then they say, it's the end of the little thing here, modern Christmas cookies. In the average American household at the beginning of the 20th century, sugar was a luxury. Ice boxes were used to keep food cold, and cooking was done on coal or wood stoves. As the gas range was introduced, cookies became more sophisticated because the temperatures could be precisely maintained. Refrigeration allowed for the use of chilled doughs. So when the Great Depression of the 1930s ended, buttery, sugary cookies took America by storm. 
It was about this time that great-grandma Irene Grebby began baking and selling her famous butter horns. In 1941, we moved out into our little first commercial bakery where cookies were on the menu and hand-decorated buttercream iced sugar cookies are especially beautiful. And Dude, I love buttercream too. I oh, know. I could bathe in buttercream. That's sh- ooh. It's I remember the first time I right, ate buttercream. Oh my god. Yeah, the first time I had it done right, I was young. I was like eight or nine, and that's yeah. like a flashbulb memory. Such a fact. It is I was a like, core what is memory. Yes, <laughs> it really is. I literally was like, what? So good, <laughs> so good. I'm not even a big sweets person, but it blew my mind. It just, so they yeah. start talking about Milwaukee tradition, but they basically just kind of say, "Present your Christmas cookies with a tray of our fa- with famous iced tea and trees cut out of cookies and pecan fingers and different things." So very cute. I just thought that was a fun little thing. It was an article from this place called Greb's Bakery out of Milwaukee, but I just thought it was a really cute little article. And then now, it was cute. We're going to talk about how I discovered how German cookies are the elite Christmas cookie makers somewhat right, quickly. I just pulled up an article that says 10 delicious German Christmas cookies because the other ones I was getting, the way they set up the page was horrendous. So let me scroll here a little bit. I'm going to try to say some While of these, but they're super can... cute. Oh. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So German butter key, <laughs> butter cookies are butter plotchen. They're like cute little shortbread looking type cookies. Uh, then one of my favorites I mentioned last time, Pfeffernus. It's a German spice yeah. cookie. Oh my gosh. So they're like, they're made with cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and ground pepper. They use fragrant spices and then they put a little glaze on top and it is, and also they has molasses in it. It is excellent. And then you have German gingerbread cookies, which are Lebkuchen. Um, they kind of are either have like a chocolate topping or like a glazed topping. Uh, they are excellent. And then you have the Linzer cookies. So the, those are the ones that are like the little cookies and then you have the jam and then you have the cutout yeah, on the top j- that yeah. sets. Yeah. And those are awesome. Yep. And I don't know this one as well, but I've had it. It's really good. It's called Zimstern. It's a German cinnamon star cookie. Mm. Uh, this one is ground almond and cinnamon and it's actually a gluten-free cookie. So if you need that one, it's I love I love almond flavoring. And oh my gosh. Yes. Almond flour. Like, yeah, it, that's another thing that oh, girls gone wild. Almond flour. I fucking love it. <laughs> uh, I, I just learned the difference between almond and nougat. It's just like, a, it's got like different nuts and it's a little bit richer, but it's similar to almond paste. And I was like, I don't know, man, I've had some gross nougat, but okay. So I, and then they have a German style macaroon. That's not the one I want to talk about. This one, the vanilla crescent cookies, vanille kipferl. They're, they, they're shaped like little moons or fingers or they're just like a little U simple shape. They're so good. They're very crumbly and light. Mm-hmm. Um, so they remind me of like one of my favorite cookies, Russian tea cakes, because it's just kind of held together with like butter, sugar and the nuts and stuff. And then they're dusted and you've got the fresh vanilla. It is so good. This one I don't know as well. It's called Hasselnuss Macronen. It's a German hazelnut cookie. Um, this one has like an egg white meringue and it's loaded with ground hazelnuts. So when I just say their game is so like top tier, they really know how to use uh, all their different spices and ingredients to make a lot of different types and styles of cookies. And then we're missing one of my other favorites wasn't on here, but that's okay. But just do yourself a favor and let yourself go ham, ham 
on Pinterest and look up these cookies. So when I was pregnant with Aurora, uh, she's born in January. She's a little Capricorn, but I was heavily pregnant in December. And yeah. I told one of my best friends, Elizabeth, I was, like, I was, I was like, I'm done with this. This sucks. Yeah, for sure. It just, your back hurts more. There's just a lot more to it. And it's not, you're like, okay, how much longer? Okay. I don't care Yeah. It more. sounds like zero fun. It it's not, not that fun. bad, but it's, it's very taxing. So I just got on this yeah. kick of these German cookies and I was texting her and she's like, well, good thing I have a European mother-in-law that loves to bake. And she came over one day and had a box of like 15, 17, 20 different kinds of handmade German cookies. Oh, yes. And I was losing it. And then her husband had come, Vinny, and we live like, I'm also really good friends with him. He's amazing. Uh, he had driven and he was like, hey, I got to go do a little errand because there was a place in Fort Worth they wanted to visit for a certain food. Uh, and I was like, yeah, go go off, King. I'll see you in a little while. And then I had mentioned <laughs> to her that I wanted uh, a blizzard from... Oh, I love blizzards. Yeah. Dairy Queen? Yes. And oh, yeah. I was like, my favorite one's the chocolate dip strawberry. I just... All I want is just, and so she texts Vinny and he brings it. So she, I didn't even realize it. I was just like Aww. being pregnant, talking about all these things. And he brought yeah. it and I was eating my cookies and eating that. And I was just like, I'm so With happy. With the blizzard? Yeah. I'm so happy. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. That sounds. So, so good. Please guys, please do yourself a favor. Go to whatever stores you have available or local bakeries and find some of these cookies. I'm telling you. Oh my God. There's so, there's so much variety and so much great uses of spices, nuts, and different things. You can find something you like. Right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Excellent. There's got to be a German bakery or, or something that does I that. Around here. I'm going to look into it and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do you it. You will not regret it. I will give you a list of my top five. You can go pick them up. <laughs> I'll be like, you need this one, okay. this one, this one, and this one. I will do it. I will do it. So... Oh God, that song is so good. Just know German cookies are the elite Christmas cookie. The end. I will not be accepting any slander in any form about it. <laughs> so Merry Christmas no or else don't say anything mean about German cookies. Oh, I'm so mad at you. You've been putting me on like the food gauntlet the last hour. It's like. Tis the season, oh, baby. Oh my goodness. I know. I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. I'm sorry. Oh God, they do sound really good though. They are. I'm sorry. When you told me about the Jack in the Box twice in a row, <laughs> that's when I really died. <laughs> Tiffany, I'm sorry. Can I tell the story real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So we were talking right before we were recording. She's been talking about Whataburger the past couple of days. We don't have them in Michigan. I was like, please stop talking about it. I want it so bad. And then I was like, I'm really hungry. I can't wait till we record this episode. I got this like <laughs> pesto pasta I'm going to make. Like I'm so hungry. And she was like, I don't know how we got on tacos, but she was like, "Oh, well, what you gotta earlier, do is gotta go to Jack." Making, you said oh yeah, yeah, yeah my that. right, my false alarm snack, and it turned out to be bad. Yeah, um, and she was like, "Well, Jack in the Box has these amazing tacos." I was like, "Can you please stop? We don't have Jack in the Boxes either." And she was like, "No, but they're really good. They like pour all this melted nacho cheese over it." And I was like, "Tiffany, like, stop it. We don't have them here. Michigan <laughs> sucks." And she was like, "Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, well, I won't." T- we won't have to talk about that, but the thing is, Jack in the Box has this box. Yeah, you kept cutting me off, and I needed to it. talk about it. They're tiny yeah, versions of the, the regular time. Taco. You didn't though. You didn't. I hear don't. It with you your don't. You dare say it again. Don't you dare. So they're say these it tiny again. little tacos. I hate you so much. And they Fine, put like twenty of them in the box, 
And then they put nacho cheese, shredded lettuce, and taco sauce on top. <laughs> so you eat them like little nachos, but they're their own individual tiny tacos. I I Italy. literally like I I feel like, you know, the way you feel like we got like butterflies in your stomach when you're like on a date with somebody you really like them or you're like got a crush on somebody. That's how my body feels when you talk about these tacos. I'm not even joking. Like I'm like, I'm like, whew. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, I am. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I need well, these fucking tacos. I can't believe we don't have them in Michigan. Do <laughs> you live in a place or state that has Jack in the Box and German bakeries? Please treat yourself this holiday season to the taco nachos and then some German cookies. <laughs> and Kate, when you come yes, to town, well, I'll take to you to go get all of these treats. I promise. Thank you. Thank you. I intend on gaining... 500 pounds while I'm there. So I'll make you go hiking with me too. We'll even it out. We'll even it out. That's good. I love hiking. Let's do it. I love it. That sounds great. All right. Say bye to the people, but make it holidays. Oh God, not again. Uh, I can't, I can't do it on. Bye guys. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Tiffany, I hate you. Merry Christmas. Love you guys. Bye. (laughs) Bye.